anything we can possibly eat can be fermented. You know, people ferment milk, people ferment meat, people ferment fish, people ferment grains, people ferment beans, people ferment fruits. I mean, anything we can eat can be fermented in some way. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Sandor Katz. Sandor, winner of a James Beard Award and New York Times best-selling author, who Michael Pollan calls the Johnny Appleseed of fermentation, is a self-described fermentation revivalist. He is perhaps best known simply as Sandor Kraut, which describes his joyful and demystifying approach to making and eating fermented foods, the health benefits of which have helped launch a nutrition-based food revolution. Welcome to the show, Sandor. Thanks so much for having me, Drew. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. A little background for our listeners, Sandor. How did you come to discover the power of fermented foods? I mean, did you eat this way as a child? Well, um, sure. I mean, I would say um, like almost every individual in almost every part of the world, I grew up eating and drinking products of fermentation. Um, you know, we, we had yogurt in our refrigerator. Um, we always had pickles. I loved pickles. I think pickles were really, you know, what drew me into fermentation. And, I, you know, as a kid, I had no idea, you know, how pickles were made. I had no idea that like some pickles are fermented and some pickles have a hot vinegar solution poured over them. But I knew that the pickles that we ha- kept in the fridge were the pickles that I loved. And those were, you know, what are known outside of New York City as kosher dill. In New York, they're called sour pickles, but they're just basically there. There's no vinegar involved and it's cucumbers in a saltwater brine solution with garlic, dill and and, and other spices. And it's the fermentation that creates the acid that that preserves the cucumbers. But I loved that flavor of lactic acid without knowing anything about how it was um, uh, uh, um, created. Uh, It wasn't until I was in my mid 20s and I spent a couple of years following a macrobiotic diet that I started um, learning about some of the potential health benefits um, um, of um, uh, 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 pickles, sauerkraut, yogurt, and other lactic acid fermented foods. And um, in macrobiotics, they talk about it in terms of um, um, uh, uh, digestive benefit. And I started noticing that these pickles that I've been eating my entire life, whenever I would eat them, um, I, I would feel the salivary glands under my tongue squirting out saliva. And I began to associate these foods in a very tangible way with getting my digestive juices flowing. I also started learning a little bit about probiotics and some of the benefits of that. Um, but I still wasn't making pickles or sauerkraut by myself. And really what gave me the um, you know, the impetus to start learning about how to do it is uh, when I was um, 30 years old, I moved from my hometown of New York City to rural Tennessee. Uh, and among the changes that came with that is I started keeping a garden. And, um, you know, the first year I was gardening, I was such a um, naive city kid that it had never occurred to me that in the garden, you know, all of the cabbage would be ready at about the same time and all the radishes would be ready at about the same time. 
So, you know, the first season of gardening, when I was faced with this reality of, um, you know, agricultural um, uh, uh, cycles, um, you know, we had a nice row of cabbages and I decided, well, I better learn how to make sauerkraut. And I learned how to make sauerkraut from the joy of cooking. And, um, you know, it was ridiculously simple. I couldn't believe this process was was that simple. You chop up vegetables, salt them, pound them or squeeze them, you know, pack them into a vessel so that the solids are submerged under uh, a, a juice. And, and then you wait. And it was so delicious, so satisfying that I started experimenting with other garden vegetables. Uh, I learned how to make yogurt. I learned how to make country wine. And, uh, you know, I just began to, um, you know, go, go down the rabbit hole of fermentation. But Everybody eats products of fermentation every day. Bread is fermented, cheese is fermented, cured meats are fermented. Um, all of the condiments that we love to put on our food involve fermentation. Um, um, so you know, fermentation is just um, integral to every um, you know, culinary tradition in the world, pretty much. That's awesome. Sandor, how has fermented foods and, and consuming it all these years, how would you say it's impacted your health? Well, I mean, that's a really hard question for me to answer because, as I said, I grew up eating fermented foods. So, you know, there was not a moment when I just began eating fermented foods. There was a moment when I began making them for myself. Um, you know, there was maybe a moment when I started, um, um, you know, eating them, um, um, you know, more self-consciously um, um, as a health practice. But, you know, I, I was eating them all around, uh, all along. So I, I don't really feel like there was a dramatic moment and I could say my health shifted as a result of this. Um, you know, what I could say, because I do a lot of traveling, um, is that, um, you know, I notice more when I'm in some situation where I don't have access to live fermented foods. And really what I notice is my, you know, digestive processes slowing down. So, you know, it's been very much like affirmed for me again and again, you know, how much, um, uh, you know, the live fermented foods really um, um, assist my digestive processes. But, you know, we also know that um, uh, bacterially rich foods, probiotic foods can enhance immunity in all kinds of ways. Um, um, you know, there's been new research um, um, into the ways in which gut bacteria um, uh, 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 play a role in regulating um, uh, brain chemistry. And so, you know, there's some evidence that, you know, eating bacteria Bacteria-rich foods actually can, um, um, you know, have implications for our brain chemistry and how we think and how we feel, um, you know. And and as um, uh, you know, as these uh, as the role of these bacteria in our uh, uh, physiology is investigated more and more, we're we're increasingly recognizing that every every aspect of our, um, you know, health and well-being is related to these uh, 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 bacteria. Um, so, I mean, I really hesitate to make specific claims. I mean, I definitely don't want to tell somebody like, well, I mean, you know, fermented foods will prevent COVID or, you know, fermented foods will, um, you know, um, you know, keep you from getting sick or fermented foods will help your digestive problem or fermented foods will, um, um, you know, make your cancer go away. On the other hand, um, you know, a, a, a group of foods that, uh, uh, can, 
enhance immune function, can enhance digestive processes, uh, um, you know, can um, um, alter our brain chemistry, have a lot of potential to help anybody. I mean, who can't benefit from improved digestion, improved uh, immune function, and potentially immune, uh, 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 potentially improved mental health? Um, you know, so so without claiming that it. Um, you know, will will solve any particular problem. I think anybody can potentially benefit from these foods without any uh, risk or danger. That's great. Um, obviously, Sandor, fermented foods rely on the work of microbes. The microbes do, you know, most of the work. Um, what would you tell to, um, there seems to be a lot of germaphobes out there who are afraid of microbes. Can you speak to why it might be a mistake to fear the microbial world? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, we, we, we live in a microbial context. Um, you know, there's a broad consensus in evolutionary biology that all life is descended from bacteria. And the corollary to this is that, you know, no multicellular form of life functions without bacteria. They've been part of our evolution and they're part of our functionality. So, you know, a, a, a typical healthy human adult is host to more than one trillion bacteria as well as uh, uh, fungi, viruses, you know, there is a whole universe that, 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 that lives within us. And, um, you know, we could not possibly survive, um, um, you know, or, or, and definitely we can't thrive without these um, um, organisms, organisms. They provide us with a lot of our um, um, functionality. The problem is that, um, you know, in our modern lives, we have contact with all kinds of chemical compounds that diminish biodiversity in the gut. In our modern diets that have so much less fiber than our ancestors had, we're, you know, providing the, the bacteria in our gut with, you know, less food that they can use in order to thrive. So, so what, what this does is it, is it results in diminished biodiversity. You know, we all need more biodiversity and, and, and biodiversity, you know, what, without denying the fact that there exists a handful of microorganisms that, you know, that, that, that can hurt us, you know, the vast majority we can live with perfectly well and they can even enhance us. And in general, biodiversity enhances our well-being uh, and does not threaten it. Great. Great. So anybody that's listening that wants to get maybe dive a bit deeper into fermented foods, what's your feeling, Sandor, in the difference between store-bought fermented foods versus doing it at home? Well, I, um, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of qualitative distinctions to be made among different, um, um, you know, commercially fermented foods. I mean, you know, all across North America right now, um, you know, there are, you know, sort of small locally based, um, you know, businesses producing fermented vegetables from um, local produce and selling them without pasteurization. And, you know, so there actually are a lot of high quality ones um, 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 available, and I recognize that not everybody, you know, is interested in doing this um, um, themselves. Um, you know, one of the things that's great about doing it yourself is you are, you know, sort of literally, um, 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 you know, incorporating your environment into your food. So the, you know, unique bacteria of your kitchen, the unique bacteria of your garden, the unique bacteria of your hands 
end up being part of that broad community of organisms, you know, in the food that you are fermenting. Um, um, and so there's something really sort of, you know, special uh, 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 about that. And that makes, you know, every person's ferments unique. Um, I would say the, you know, the more critical distinction is between the, you know, the, the products, let's say sauerkraut, you know, you can find sauerkraut in cans and in plastic bags at supermarkets that have been heat processed. And so, I mean, that might be delicious. It was produced by the same fermentation as you would do in your kitchen, but then it was heat processed for um, um, a, a shelf stability. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, in terms of the qualitative distinctions, um, you want to have live ones that have not been cooked or heat processed after the fermentation. Um, um, and so, you know, make it yourself or buy, um, you know, small local and regional brands that are, you know, promoting the fact that they have their live uh, bacterial cultures intact. That's great, Sandor. Yeah, I just want to add one thing about about fermenting yourself at home. And, uh, you know, what I've learned is that a lot of people, you know, project all of the anxiety that they've ever been taught to have about bacteria onto the idea of fermenting vegetables. And, you know, they'll shred up some cabbage and salt it and, you know, add some seasoning to it and pack it into the jar. And then they'll have a panic attack and they'll wonder like, oh, my God, how can I be sure that I have, you know, good bacteria that will enhance my health and well-being rather than dangerous bacteria that might make me sick and might even kill somebody. Um, it's you know very easy for people who've been hearing those kinds of messages about bacteria their entire lives to you know project anxiety onto the process. And one of the reasons why I like to recommend fermenting vegetables as a as a place to start a fermentation practice in the home is that it is 100% safe. There is you know no case history anywhere of illness or food poisoning from fermented vegetables. The process is entirely entirely self-protecting. I mean, you know, over the last couple of weeks, there's been an outbreak in the United States of salmonella re related to um, uh, red onions. Um, if you happen to take some red onions that have been exposed to salmonella and you shred them up and salt them and, you know, pack them in a jar sauerkraut style, either alone or, you know, with some cabbage, um, the lactic acid bacteria will always dominate over the um, uh, uh, you know random pathogen that that the that the vegetable's been exposed to, and then w once the lactic acid bacteria start to um, uh, uh, build up and produce their byproduct lactic acid, that acid will kill the salmonella, and it's very you know, convenient and elegant for us that the organisms that we worry about, the organisms that are associated with illness and food poisoning cannot tolerate acidity. And this is one of the reasons why lactic acid fermentation is such an effective strategy for safety. And so, you know, statistically speaking, fermented vegetables are much, much safer than raw vegetables because the process, um, um, you know, destroys anything that could be threatening to us. So I know you talked about initially how you got started with the experimentation. So, I mean, this is definitely something, you know, people that do want to get started in doing it themselves. I mean, there's 
a lot of experimentation that can go into it. There's lots of ways to do it. I mean, you know, if you take any kind of a tradition that has, um, you, know, you know, sort of spread um, um, to lots of different culinary traditions, you know, there's different ways people interpret it. And, you know, ultimately it just comes down to, you know, uh, uh, um, family recipes. Well, you know, my grandma adds this seasoning, your grandma adds that seasoning. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, you don't have to experiment for people who like to just like have a process and repeat it. That's a viable way to do it. But, you know, let's say you have a garden and through the course of the season, there are different things that you have in great abundance. I mean, for me and for many people, it's just a great um, it's a great pleasure. It's lots of fun to experiment and just try fermenting different kinds of vegetables. And you can ferment any vegetables, but that doesn't guarantee that every vegetable is going to be equally pleasing. But you know, how are you going to know which vegetables and which combinations of vegetables you're gonna enjoy unless you play around with it and, 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 and try it? So, um, so, I mean, anything, can, I mean, not only vegetables, I mean, anything we can possibly eat can be fermented. You know, people ferment milk, people ferment meat, people ferment fish, people ferment grains, people ferment beans, people ferment fruits. I mean, anything we can eat can be fermented in some way. Vegetables are a great and straightforward way to, um, uh, you know, begin exploring this exciting realm of human cultural experience. But, um, you know, really, whatever kinds of foods you 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 enjoy, you can potentially play around with fermenting them. So, um, Sandra, can you talk about how the art of fermentation and just getting your hands dirty, so to speak, and in, in doing all this fermented foods, how has it changed your relationship with nature? Absolutely. I mean, I would say it has given me um, immense respect for uh, the power of invisible life forces. Um, you know, because, you know, you look at the head of cabbage, you look at the carrot, you look at, um, uh, um, you know, any food and like, you know, you can't see the bacteria there. And yet every single time, you know, you shred them, you salt them, you get them in a crock it starts to get bubbly. It comes to life. The, you know, the, the life force manifests in it and transforms it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like it's given me, um, um, a, a huge amount of appreciation, you know, specifically for, you know, the unseen, um, you know, what's going on in the soil. What is the incredible complexity there that we're just beginning to, um, um, you know, grasp, um, you know, what's happening inside of our intestines, um, you know, what are these trillion organisms doing? But but I feel like it's really, um, uh, you know, sort of forced me to, to, to tune in in a much um, a, a deeper way. That's great. Um, Sandra, do you have any daily practices aside from making fermented foods, but any other daily practices that help to keep you sane and centered and maybe a bit more peaceful? Well, I mean, I try to, I try to get outside every day. Uh, I, I try to, I try to go on, on walks and sometimes runs. Um, you know, I, I try to get exercise. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too structured about it. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's more just, um, you know, just trying, trying to remember to, 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 to do those things that, that, that help, um, you know, keep my body healthy and, and help keep my mind sane. Um, for the average modern human here in the West who isn't making and eating fermented foods, what do you think they're missing? 
Well, I mean, I would just take issue with that idea. I mean, I think I, I really do think almost everybody is eating fermented foods every day. They might not be seeking out live probiotic ones, but, you know, coffee is fermented, bread is fermented, uh, cheese is fermented, cured meats are fermented, um, uh, chocolate is fermented, vanilla is fermented. I mean, just like a, like a vast, vast range of the everyday foods that people eat, you know, whether it's in the standard American diet or anywhere else in the world involve fermentation. Um, so, uh, but, you know, but I would say that, you know, really seeking out, you know, live ferments, um, and, you know, bread is never a live ferment. If you want to eat raw sourdough dough, I mean, that's teeming with bacteria, but I mean, who wants to eat raw dough? Um, um, you know, so not every fermented food lends itself to raw consumption, but you know, I, I think that these raw foods, you know, can be really powerful. And, you know, for me, the, the, the most compelling thing is just like the thousands of, um, you know, people over the last, you know, 17 years since I've been, you know, doing teaching about fermentation and doing public speaking about fermentation and had books out there. Um, but, but I have heard from like literally thousands of people who told me that when they began to incorporate uh, uh, these kinds of live fermented foods into their diet, their digestive problems that they had suffered from for years and years um, um, improved. So, um, you know, just hearing that kind of like, you know, anecdotal testimonials over and over and over again, um, you know, really, um, uh, you know, confirms the, 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 the power of these foods. Wonderful, Sandor. Um, two final questions for me here. Um, for anyone listening to the show right now who's feeling a little powerless and hopeless about their life and their future, what would be one thing, if you had to just recommend one thing, that they could maybe do today to begin to take their life in a new direction? Well, I mean, I just think self-care is so powerful and, you know, having things that you do for yourself to make yourself feel better. And, you know, for me, you know, um, um, you know, that, uh, like a lot of that is about food. I mean, it's also about like, you know, getting outside, being in nature, taking walks, moving my body. But, you know, I, I mean, and it's not exclusively fermented foods, but I have a, you know, I have a lot of ideas about, you know, what kinds of foods make me feel better? What kinds of food tend to make me feel worse. Um, and I think that, you know, it's just really powerful to, you know, have ideas about, you know, what you can eat, what kind of tea you can make, um, um, taking a hot bath, you know, whatever it is that, that you can do for yourself that tends to make you feel better. Um, and, um, you know, it doesn't always solve the whole uh, a problem, but you know, it's just so powerful to have, you know, things that you can do for yourself. And I don't believe that there are, you know, one size fits all prescriptions. I mean, I think that, you know, pe people are very different. Um, but, but I think that, you know, I, I mean, everybody, if they, if, 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 if you think about, you know, your experience, you can, you know, realize things that you know that you can do for yourself that will make you feel better. Well said, Sandor. If you had the opportunity, this is my final question, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 40 years, what words of wisdom might your current self share with your younger self? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, really, yeah. Um, um, you know, I, 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 I think, um, you know, thinking back to my 18-year-old um, uh, uh, self, um, you know, I, 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 I felt like I was under a lot of pressure. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, my 58-year-old my, my self would, like, tell my 18-year-old self, like, you know, take it a little bit more lightly, don't worry so much, don't take on all that stress. Beautiful. Sandra, thank you so much. That was a beautiful interview. Great. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure speaking with you, Drew. Okay. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.